This is Bloomberg Business Week from Bloomberg Radio. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Carol Masser. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business Week Extra. It's our weekly podcast bringing you an in depth interview you will not hear anywhere else. This week, it's Kathy Wood, CEO and CIO of ARC Investments. So, from fintech to biotech to Tesla and more, she breaks down why what's going in the markets, yep, it's a troublesome thing and it's worrisome and it certainly has a human toll. But there's also, when you see financial disruption, there's innovation and that means opportunities for investors. Well, and her investors have have made out very well with her calls over the past years. One of the top performing managers out there, also incredibly thoughtful. She gave us a sense of the secret sauce. Check it out. So we are delighted to have back with us Kathy Wood. She's CEO at ARK Investment. Uh, they've got about $11 billion in uh, assets under management. She's also chief investment officer. She's back in our Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio. And I have to say, first of all, welcome back. Thank you, Carol. I, I know Jason. it's a, I know Thank it's a busy you. time, and I was looking at a bunch of your funds, and they're still up this year. And what's been uh, a really tough, uh, obviously, as you know, already market environment, and where we've seen a broad base selling. Um, before we talk specifics, what do you? How do you assess this market environment right now? Well, I think uh, there clearly is a lot of fear. The VIX got up to 62. That's higher than it has uh, for a number of years. So there is a lot of fear in the market. It has been stirred by the coronavirus. Uh, and uh, I think that a, a lot of, whether it's hedge funds or just uh, uh, managers with an, a negative bias having to do with debt and debt deflation, feel like this is the moment. Uh, we we Recapitulation or what? No, or no. What? No, they feel like, uh, and you can start with the energy sector. The energy sector, much of it is highly leveraged, mm -hmm. right? Right. And uh, and we're seeing an implosion of oil prices now. Shale, the shale, gas, and oil movement is going to stop. And uh, what are they going to do? How are they going to service their debt? So we're getting, you know, real duress in that in that sector. This doesn't surprise us at Arc because we've seen a lot of companies, not just in energy but in many sectors, even Apple has done this, they've leveraged up mm -hmm. to buy back their shares over many years. Now, Apple is nowhere near any trouble, but uh, the companies that were uh, in cyclical, very cyclical areas of the market, they're going to be in trouble. So from that point of view, we agreed with the bears out there, uh, uh, but we're not participating in those spaces in the market. Right. That's maybe one reason that, and I'll say until today, <laughs> Most of our funds were up. Uh, uh, today may have taken them below mm -hmm. uh, below uh, positive. And so, Kathy, when when you come into a moment in the market like this, everybody you know likes to say, "Well, it's like this," and then there are other people you know like this other time, or it's like the financial crisis, or it's like the dot com bust, or whatever. There are some people who subscribe to the "this time it's different" uh, sort of narrative. What narrative do you like? What narrative do you bring to, to this? Yes, well, I wrote a piece for our website, and I only write usually when the market's down and under <laughs> duress. Uh, so uh, it's on our website, and uh, basically, uh, as I said there, you know, I have only seen three times during my career where all the policymakers throughout the world, both monetary and fiscal, are all, have been all on the same page. Uh, the first was in the mid-80s. The dollar had gone up 50%, and we were in a deflationary, uh, the, at the risk of deflation globally, especially right. in the emerging markets. 
the uh, the uh, Plaza Accord is where the finance ministers mm. came together and the monetary authorities cooperated as well. The second was 0809. And I remember after Lehman went under, I remember saying to my team, look, every policymaker in the world is focused on this problem and they all want the same thing to happen. It's probably going to happen. And actually we started out performing in November of that year. Yeah. And then uh, this is the third time. And of course the coronavirus is what has uh, united everyone. We, we, uh, we want to control that. And, uh, and we've got the monetary and fiscal policy makers again all on the same page. So are we going to bet against them? I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I guess what people are saying, well, they can't control the coronavirus. And I do think there's a lot of hysteria out there mm. around the coronavirus. We're in much more of a social media viral networking world. And I think that's uh, causing a, a, a lot of the hysteria. You know, as more and more people are doing their homework, they, they learn 30 to 40,000 people a year in the United States die of the flu. Right. 30 to 40 million get it. Uh, I don't don't think we're going to see anything like those numbers uh, from the coronavirus. So then how quickly do you think, since it, there, it does look like we're moving towards a much more coordinated move mm -hmm. among global policymakers, Kathy, so when we get to that point and what we have, I keep talking about parameters on this virus, when we know it's contained and we understand that there will be an end to this, how quickly does everything bounce back in your view? Well, the way we're looking at this, this started in China. China is the leading indicator. And we know that the number of deaths now is is below the number of recoveries. Okay. So that is, that's the early sign of a turn. Now, the fatality rate now in China is higher than we think it will be in the rest of the world. And the reason, I've been in Wuhan province, uh, it's a chimney. Anyone, anyone going there, whether it's smog or smoking, both, uh, it's like a chimney. So because this coronavirus, which by the way, we have uh, two or three other coronaviruses making the rounds right. annually here, uh, because this coronavirus is focused primarily on those with compromised lungs for whatever mm -hmm. reason, uh, whether it's asthma mm -hmm. or, you know, elderly lung issues, smoking caused by smoking, or I'll say vaping as well. Uh, you know, those people have to be very careful. What's so interesting is this is not hitting the young. Right. Now, maybe they have it and maybe they're spreading it, but they're a, what, what doctors would call asymptomatic. So that's very interesting because that's another vulnerable part of the uh, population. So at least we can isolate it to, you know, those who are compromised uh, when it comes to the lungs. Right. I mean, one of the arguments that's out there, one of the discussion points is that you know, one of the reasons that we're seeing this relatively quick uh, reversal in China is because it's an authoritarian government. You know, they're able to sort of lock it down in a way that other countries, certainly not this country that we're sitting in, can do. How much do you worry about that, understanding the world as you do? Yeah, I, obviously they they uh, did all they could and and then some in terms of because uh, when you know, the government we says saying, stay home, people stay home. Yes, yes. I think you know. I, I think that uh, all of us are are taking precautions. I think one thing that I think will happen is that the traditional flu. 
uh, is probably not going to be as deadly or contagious because we've suddenly found all of these good hygiene habits. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing people talking about scrubbing their hands and doing the alphabet while they do it. Right. <laughs> you know, so uh, I think uh, I think that is also going viral, which is very good. Yeah. One my favorite I, thing, sorry, just yeah. as an aside, since we have a little time, my favorite thing that I found today is there's a website, I'll tweet it out, I sent it to Dave Wilson already, that you can put in your favorite song and it will do it, it will put the lyrics against all the different steps of washing your hands. So whether it's <laughs> Stairway to Heaven or Sweet Home Alabama or whatever it is, you know all the different steps to take. So great. It's, it's useful. Baby Shark for you. Baby Shark for yeah. me. Yeah. Kathy, what I do wonder and the conversation we keep having is what changes long term as a result of this? We've had such a, I feel like a conversation of uh, around supply chains mm -hmm. coming off the U.S.-China trade war. You know, tech is your, you know, you look at disruption, you look at technology, um, you've been to a while, like you understand understand this global supply chain, does that change going forward? Well, what's, uh, now you have to consider the source, uh, but what I'm about to say, but what is true that during times of turbulence, innovation actually gains traction and market share. And I can give you two tangible examples from 0809. We thought the world was falling apart. Tech budgets were cut by 20, 30%, right? Right, right. Salesforce.com's worst quarter from a revenue growth point of view, worst, was up 20%. Amazon, uh, Amazon's worst quarter was up 14%. Uh, so, and in this particular crisis, we saw the, the sequencing of that virus, of the coronavirus, COVID-19, in two days. For SARS in 2003, it took, uh, I think it took five months before they could even figure out what it was. Right. Right? We had two days. And, uh, and now, of course, we're accelerating the timeline to uh, trials for vaccines and then, uh, and then the scaling of vaccines. That's going to take time, for sure. But I think we'll have a vaccine for the next uh, flu season. So how do you invest in a time like this? Uh, we uh, concentrate our portfolios toward our highest conviction names. And so, and towards uh, these names generally are going to be a part of the solution. So you talk about supply chain. 3D printing has taken a long time to take off. It's been, if you look at some of those stocks, right? for six years. Right. Okay. Now, remember, we've talked about Tesla a lot in the past, and I always used to say, uh, you know, I look at a base like that, and that effectively is the bulls and the bears fighting each other. There's a big controversy, right? Uh, and bases either break out or they break down. In the case of Tesla, we're saying, watch out, this is a big base, this is gonna be a big breakout. I would maintain the same for 3D printing stocks. Now, it's a little different because the industrial sector right. isn't as, uh, uh, it's more methodical, it isn't as uh, quick as break things uh, uh, in the tech world, right? Uh, so, but we do know the aerospace world, which is, is going to be in a world of trouble here, they've got to cut their costs. Right. They've got to cut their costs. And with 3D printing, not only can you cut costs, and they're, they're printing engine parts now, uh, by you can cut costs by 75% plus, but you're also shrinking the form factors or lightening the weight of the planes as well. So bringing many more efficiencies. All right, just want to bring you a headline I just crossed in the Bloomberg. Brazil stocks having their worst day in 21 years and 
entering into a bear market. It's something that we're talking about a lot. We were talking with Dave Wilson, yep. uh, our stock setter earlier, about what a bear market, what that number is uh, here in the United States. We're not there yet, but uh, getting close. And as Dave pointed out, if we have another day like today, uh, we will get there. Also want to bring you some headlines from Stitch Fix. It's a name well known to our audience. A lot of stitch fixers uh, out there. Uh, disappointing with their forecast. Uh, the stock falling about 28% in the after hours. This third quarter revenue, uh, their view trailing its lowest estimate. Uh, the estimate had been for 506.3 million. They said it will be in the range of 465 to 475. So that's a pretty big mess. Uh, so you asked what might turn this, and uh, you know Warren Buffett uh, uh, said just a few weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. He said when bond yields were at two percent, he said, "Do you know that's the that bonds are selling for fifty times earnings, and their earnings are not going to increase?" Right. Well, think about what fifty basis points is, right? That's two hundred times earnings. Stocks are selling at seventeen times earnings, and they and on average there's. There's probably close to a two percent yield in right. stocks now. So you go back to that comparison, right? I yes, mean, I mean from an asset allocation yield. point of view, uh, stocks are becoming, um, you know, uh, very attractive. Uh, you do have to aim away from heavily leveraged companies that have not been investing in their future. They've just been buying back their own stock. You are listening to Bloomberg Business Week. Jason Kelly, Carol Masser, streaming live on YouTube as well. Still with us, Kathy Wood. We've captured her for the better part of an hour. CEO and Chief Investment Officer of ARK Invest, uh, looking after more than $11 billion. So, Kathy, we just heard very much that first part of what would be a V or a U, the mm. downward part. Are we headed for a V-shaped recovery here? Well, uh, we think that that could be the biggest head fake coming out of this. Mm. Uh, and one of the reasons is if you look at consumer sentiment and spending, both in the United States and China, until perhaps mid-February, we haven't gotten all those numbers yet, uh, they, those numbers were very strong, very firm, and consumer confidence was very high. In the United States especially, the consumer confidence was very high. Uh, and so consumer spending uh, was was uh, it was carrying on while businesses were cutting back they were they were worried about the China trade conflict they were worried about the inverted yield curve last year they were ex they were negative from a sentiment point of view mm -hmm. they were uh, turning quite negative and so you had a disconnect consumption up and purchasing managers indexes around the world plunging so we had been saying well okay if the consumer keeps spending businesses are going to have to have to start investing again, both in inventories and capital spending. Uh, be, to meet that demand, right? Uh, otherwise, they'll just lose business and they'll lose out competitively. Uh, now we've had this crisis, and I believe that the reaction of businesses is even more dire than mm. it is for consumers. If you think about consumers, they're hoarding, right? So, <laughs> so maybe consumer spending in some uh, respects has uh, gotten a booster here, 
and will give way a little bit, but uh, the inventories have to be depleting rapidly. Mm. And we know capital spending has gone nowhere in right. the last year, except perhaps down. Uh, so, you know, you've had uh, the largest part of the U.S. economy moving forward and the business sector not playing ball. Uh, this will cause an interruption, but I think if we're right, and this is going to pass, we've got spring coming, and uh, viruses don't like spring. Right. Uh, uh, if this is going to pass, and the uh, and the fatality rate is nowhere near China's. In other words, we do start comparing this more, not completely to the traditional flu. Uh, then I think. Uh, the turn could be a very sharp V as businesses scramble to catch up. Pretty dramatic. Yes. All right. So I am curious then, because I know you know you you invest in these various disruptive spaces, and I do wonder. Um, one of your funds is the genomic revolution. Is is there a healthcare? Is there a genomic play here for you because of the virus? Sure. Sequencing. So Illumina. Yeah. Uh, Which you have owned for a long time. We've owned it for a long time. Yeah. It's been flagging recently. I, we understand why it has. Um, they are, they've launched a new product cycle, and we think that's going to get it going again. But hearing news about the virus being sequenced in just two days, uh, and then we have to keep uh, sequencing it because we need to know if it's mutating or right, not. Right, right. So sequencing is uh, critical. There have been a number of vaccine. We did own, uh, or we do own it, Novio, which has tripled, uh, quadrupled. Now, today it had a, a hit because Citron went after it. But, you know, some of the vaccine uh, uh, makers are, are benefiting nicely. Arcturus is another one that mm-hmm. has benefited, that is benefiting for the same reason. Compugen is uh, is benefiting from a, for a different reason. It has not uh, sold off at all, and that's because it has identified more targets from an immunotherapy point of view, cancer immunotherapy, than almost any other company, and it's just a very small company out of Israel. So it's held in very nicely as I well. I have to say, and I, w- I looked at these numbers, I think it was either around noon or one, that fund is up 12.4% this year. Yeah. So in a market it environment... Back, it gave back a lot today. Right. Yes. But I'm just saying, in a market environment where you can't really yes. find any cover, yes. you're still holding on to some gains. Again, this is innovation yeah. gaining traction during difficult times because businesses and consumers are willing to think about doing things differently when they're afraid. Kathy Wood, CEO, CIO of ARK Invest, here with us in our New York studio. So what's the mood like in, in your shop right now? Okay, well, we have been uh, through these ups and downs, risk on, risk off, uh, since we started in 2014, more than I ever have experienced yes. in my career. And uh, the mantra in our, uh, at ARC is innovation gains traction during tumultuous times. So let's, let's, let's pick, uh, concentrate our portfolios towards those companies that are going to help solve these problems. And that's what we do. So it's, it, I won't say it's exciting because we never like to see the market uh, going down. But, you know, the other thing that we do is sometimes we lose confidence in some stocks relative to others. Right. This is a nice time to do some house cleaning. And what we do is generate losses that we can take gains against. Interesting. In the future. So, it's, so you are cleaning out some names at this point? 
Yeah, we we have taken down some names. Yes, we have. Uh, we've sold uh, names like you know. I always forget the ones we've sold, but uh, <laughs> out of sight. But uh, right. <laughs> Baidu is is one of them. Uh, mostly in in our um, autonomous technology and robotics fund, uh, we just don't. We, we see a lot of disarray in the electric vehicle and autonomous vehicle space in China, mm-hmm. and that's why w- primarily why we owned that one. And so. Uh, yeah, we we bought uh, more more Tesla, right? Uh, of course, uh, Tesla Tesla one might think might be hurt by lower oil prices because of course internal combustion, right. but uh, uh, we think that even with oil prices coming down, right. that the total cost of ownership uh, of an electric vehicle today is lower than that of an uh, a gas powered car, right. and it's only going to get lower. Still with us, Kathy Wood, CEO and CIO at ARK Investment uh, in our Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio. They have over $11 billion in assets under management. So I'm going to go through some names with you. We okay. did we did cheat a little bit about Tesla. You and I, Jason, we've all talked with you a lot about your position in Tesla. You're still very much a bull on it. Yeah, and we got some uh, new information last week from GM. It had its electric vehicle day. And we took uh, some of the specs they, they threw out there. Uh, they weren't too generous, but what, with what we got, we were able to confirm that Tesla is three years ahead of uh, uh, GM on uh, certainly battery technology. Uh, they also were talking a lot about cobalt, re- reducing that in the battery. Tesla's already there. So, you know, uh, it was very interesting it's a big and gap. illuminating. Yes, it's a big gap. And Tesla's go- what, three years from now will be in a completely different place. Did that, did three years surprise you? Did you think they no, were closer? No, we had been, we had, no, 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 no. We, we had been saying uh, three to four years. Okay. When it comes to autonomous uh, vehicles and artificial intelligence chips, then most automakers are four years behind Tesla, we mm. believe. Kathy, is GM the one, though, to follow? Like, I wonder, is it more like Mercedes or, or one of the Europe? Like, who is the automaker that's maybe potentially closer to nipping at Tesla's heels? In, interesting. Uh, Elon Musk has said he he would not take any manufacturer seriously until they, act, they vertically integrated and build out th- their own battery plant. Uh, Volkswagen's mm. doing that, interestingly. Right. Now, they're having a heap of trouble with their software, though. And so, yeah. so you know, this is a completely different dynamic from traditional auto manufacturing. So they have mountains to climb, right? And uh, uh, we think it's going to be a very tough uh, lift for them. Uh, Waymo is the one most people would point to. Very interesting. Uh, Google now has, is using outside funding for uh, Waymo. They don't want to put all, you know, their investment dollars into right. these moonshots. And uh, we're wondering if they're getting ready to spin it. We have no idea, but they've certainly distanced themselves to some extent. They don't want to uh, to take all the risk uh, uh, when it comes to the autonomous vehicle front. So talk to us about the last year, 18 months especially, uh, when it comes to Tesla. Not always easy to, to, be, to be a bull, certainly amid all of the, you know, we talked a lot about narratives today, amid all the uh, loud narratives, especially from the bears, that obviously has quieted down a lot over the past six months. But, but do you ever have any moments of doubt on that one? So I'm probably the most trolled portfolio manager on Twitter (laughs) because of Twitter and Bitcoin. And uh, no, actually, um, a a Wall Street Journal reporter 
on Twitter, I didn't even know it was a reporter, said, so, Kathy Wood, how do you feel losing all your uh, your clients all this money in Tesla? This was April, May of last year when it was in the 190s, 180s. And I didn't know who, and I rarely respond to those things. I said, I don't feel any uh, regret or doubt in the least. In fact, our conviction has gone up. During down times for stocks, we double down on our soul searching, of course. That's when some of our most interesting insights occur, uh, again, because we're digging deeper and deeper. Uh, so we, we actually, uh, our conviction in Tesla increased during that downturn. Do you sell, though, like at all when, it, like, it's yes. had, because I thought I looked at, as of the end of last year, that you guys had pared back a little bit on well, your Tesla holdings. Well, if you look at the page uh, on Bloomberg, you would see that, but uh, we have, it, it has stayed our top position yeah. in the flagship fund. So it would have been a 25% position we've kept it at 10 percent so we did sell a lot right yeah but that that's what a portfolio manager right. does when a stock quadruples quintuples yeah. right and other stocks are down 30 40 percent yeah you know that's what we do so take us inside the room what does that soul searching look like at arc i mean uh, are you sitting around a table like what what, what is it Take so there. we have uh, morning meetings every morning, and so we will be getting news from, at that time, it was all the bears. And, you know, so then we kept looking at the bond market, and the bond market actually got this right before the stock market totally. did. Uh, so that became, uh, you know, uh, a, a daily conversation. Yeah. Uh, we have brainstorms every Friday from 1030 to 1230. If you'd ever like to join, you'd be more than welcome. Uh, it's open. People can video in, and they do. And uh we are as hard on ourselves yeah. as you you could imagine because it's all analysts coming at this from different directions. So James Wang is our artificial intelligence analyst which, who, who has been instrumental to our understanding of how far ahead Tesla is with its AI chip. But we've got our genomics team. Uh, they, they know the brain. That's what neural networks are modeled after. Mm -hmm. And so they will... They will join in, in the conversation, yeah. and it's it's no, it's very respectful. It's very methodical. Yeah. Uh, it's not emotional. It's uh, it's we're seeking the truth, uh, you know. And and the motto I always use is truth wins out. It always does. So okay, so a couple of minutes left. Is there a new investment idea that you guys have been looking at, or new disruptive technology that's not on everybody's radar that you think it should be? Well, we do think uh, that the digital wallet space is underappreciated for what it is. We think it's going to be very disruptive to banks. So Venmo, you know Venmo, PayPal's yeah. Venmo, uh, Square's Cash App, which we think is actually growing much faster than Venmo now because of some really brilliant marketing uh, strategies. Uh, the number of digital users at each of those companies is higher than at JP Morgan. And JP Morgan has a digital strategy. Right. And they're going and they're and the reason is the cost of customer acquisition for these viral networking services is about $20. For a bank to get a new uh, checking account or credit card uh, card uh, customer, that's anywhere from $1300 to Two thousand dollars. That's a huge difference. Yes, because of all the overhead and so yes, on. Yes, this is bricks and mortar, right. and, and so forth. So uh, that's one thing. And uh, you know, the other difference is, you know, they, they, the the amount of data that Square and Venmo have on their user base is unlike 
anything a bank could hope to have. And it's real time. It's real time. They know exactly how much they can loan these uh, merchants uh, and ultimately consumers, you know, how much working capital they might need. Oh, maybe you need a payroll service. They're going to they're going to be full service and the banks aren't going to know what hit them. They aren't. And that was Kathy Wood, the CEO and CIO of ARK Investment. A great conversation. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business Week Extra. Be sure to tune in to Bloomberg Business Week Radio live Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Carol Masser. And I'm Jason Kelly. This is Bloomberg.